Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives, we're consumed by all the what-if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun. If you're like us, then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass. Or play call. Each week on Alternate Routes, we'll take a flashpoint in sports, break down what actually happened, then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Back for another Patriots post-training camp practice. Six rings and football things podcast. I'm Andy Hart from WEEI.com. He is Chris Shime Time Shime from the Greg Hill Show on WEEI. And we have lots to get to, so no screwing around to start this one. We're not going to fight because we'll leave the fighting to the Patriots and the Panthers in joint practice <laughs> action. Gillette Stadium. It was as entertaining a practice as you probably could have had. Certainly put into perspective some of the uh, snore fest practices we've had in Foxborough to open the summer. Yeah. Um, so we'll get it right out of the way. Um, there was a couple different fights in the practice session. The first started in a drill where Christian Wilkerson caught a ball on a sideline. And I don't know if he didn't like the physicality. He stood up sideline. I even, I didn't see the very, very, very beginning of it. And even heard someone say maybe an assistant coach kind of pushed him back from the Panthers' sideline. Uh, well, a melee ensued. Um, it kind of involved because they were on the left field with me looking at the field. On the right far field was a whole other offense and defense. A lot of those guys came running over. There was a lot of running around. Um, Kendrick Bourne, after there was sort of the traditional pushing, shoving fight part, it started to slow up for a few seconds, and then all of a sudden, Kendrick Bourne was throwing a haymaker at somebody. Oh boy! Um, which really stupid, by the way, throwing. Yeah, why? I've never understood right. that. Why are we punching people with football helmets on? You're just right. asking to hurt your hand, right? If you actually want to hurt them, grab their face mask and twist and pull and hurt them. Yeah. If you or want. if you're gonna hit them off the head, like open hand, like you want to fucking you yeah. want. Oops, I, that, was, that was a hard F. My bad. Uh, sorry, I've been playing some video We're games not today. Fighting. I know. My apology. I was playing video games today. It was just my brain's in a brain's in a puddle. Um, <laughs> no, but like you just want to open hand slap the side of them, and that like that would hurt them far more than punching. Punching is only going to yeah. hurt you. Yeah, it, it was dumb. Um, so on that fight, that resulted in Panther safety Kenny Robinson. Uh, mm -hmm. Christian Wilkerson and Kendrick Bourne being asked to leave the field. They were escorted off. I should say there were two full crews of officials on hand for these joint workouts with the Panthers okay. at Gillette Stadium. So they were kind of managing it. Um, and then it was not long later, a short while later, that 
James Ferentz went down in a pile again on the Panthers sideline with, uh, I want to get it right, Phil Hoskins, defensive tackle for the Panthers. Phil Hoskins was immediately removed. Ferentz kept yelling, I didn't do anything. I didn't do anything. And went to the Patriots sideline. But then a group of officials came over and were like, no, you got to go. Um, you know, they, these teams generally, I know Belichick always has the rule. You fight, you're gone. It, like yeah. there's really no excuses, anything. Now I think watching it, the Ferentz one from where I saw it, they both got locked up and then this Hoskins guy kind of barrel rolled him and pulled him to the ground. And then they were kind of rolling around on the ground. I think Ferentz is basically saying, I didn't do anything except get thrown to the ground by a big dude. Like yeah. he didn't throw punches, whatever. But again, there was some excitement. Uh, Trent Brown had some words with some people. And then, so these were in various positional drills. And, and, and then when they, before they start another team segment, both teams were brought together in front of their coaches, their staffs separately in a group. And clearly the message was like, enough is enough. Let's put an end to this. Um, there was a lot of at, at various points, let's just play football being yelled kind of stuff mm -hmm. across the field. But um, certainly not the first time we've seen this. Certainly not no. the last time we've seen this. Well, especially um, last year after those dirtiest player in the league comments kind of thing uh, yep. from Brian Burns, like he kind of expected that there would be some sort of heat or beef going on. The funny thing is I'm trying to remember which one, but one of the two fights happened ahead of Mac Jones. He threw the ball. It might've been the first one to Wilkerson. He threw the ball and he was under pressure when he threw it. And he actually turned and was going the other way away from the line of scrimmage and fist bumped the pass rusher and said, you got me on that one. Like that wasn't a real play. Like I wouldn't have been able to throw it in a game. Yeah. And while they're doing this, like the little good sportsmanship fist bump, there's like a melee starting behind them, uh, which I thought was sort of a funny uh, visual on the field. Now there won't be, I should tell our listeners, there won't be any video and very few pictures, if any, because this was during a shutdown portion of practice mm -hmm. where you're not allowed to video or take photos. Um, so it's sort of the uh, descriptions you'll get from the media of what you saw. And I'll be interested to see if we hear anything out of Carolina in terms of what they saw. It. Um, I found interesting. Adrian Phillips was talking about the competition, the intensity. And at one point he said, you got to bring the juice and not the fake juice. And it certainly seemed to insinuate maybe the Panthers were bringing the fake deuce. They were certainly talking a lot. I mm -hmm. actually thought early in practice, they were kind of punking the Patriots offense in like a seven on seven drill. Um, number 40. Yeah, I saw Kyrie say that the Patriots struggled on seven on seven. They did. Uh, Brandon Smith, a linebacker, number 40, popped John U. Smith after a play. He caught the ball like a little hook turnaround and then boom, got railed and the ball popped straight up into the air. And John o. Smith's body language was almost like, um, I didn't know we were doing that in this drill, like kind of didn't know the contact level was at that height. So um, I thought they got pushed around a little bit in that drill. And then that was about it for the pushing around, because for the rest of the day, I thought your New England Patriots kicked the absolute living poo out of the Carolina Panthers. And I'm going to start with the defense, because I may be previewing a little column you may read on WEEI.com uh, right. tomorrow. A little tease um, for us. All this talk of the offense, maybe we should have been talking about the defense because we've all joked like, hey, maybe all the offense's struggles. We're going to find out that the defense is pretty good. Um, the Panthers may suck too offensively, but the defensive front absolutely dominated. Christian Barmore, uh, Devon Godchow, Matt Judon, Josh Uche, Dietrich Wise was a beast. They kicked the crap out, whether it was a run play or a pass play. More often than not, you had multiple 
front seven New England Patriots defenders in the backfield, giving Sam Darnold problems, giving Baker Mayfield problems. Quick side note, both those guys look like they stink. Yeah, um, they do. They do stink. But like you had like, I think it was God Chow one point, just ate up Christian McCaffrey and was like belly rolling on top of him on the ground. Like they squished the living crap out of the Panthers. And I think that's a good sign. And it's not just the front. Um, we had some blitzing from the secondary. Your boy, Jabril Peppers, doing a little bit more by the day, blitzing off the edge. Uh, Jalen Mills batted down a number of passes. It started in one-on-one. I also thought he he brought a, a Kendrick Bourne-like energy to the mm-hmm. practice from the defense. He was celebrating whether he made the play, somebody else made the play. When he was on the sideline, he was celebrating with people who were on the field making plays. He brought a serious energy. And again, Phillips, I thought it was interested, interesting, said something to the effect, we all know JC left this this offseason, and I see a guy that looks like he's trying to slide into that role, meaning that number one cornerback role for Jalen Mills. We'll see where that goes. I don't know how good he is, how good he can be. Um, but for today, the Patriots defense looked dominant. Yeah, and, and I mean, that's a good, that's what you wanted to see, right? A- aside from being dominant, this is a team whose ass you kicked in the regular season last year. And so for them to come into your house and in, pra- in joint practices, the first ones you kick their ass, that's exactly what you want to see out of a defense that we have a lot of questions about, right? Like, I mean, clearly this front seven is probably going to be even better than we thought it would be. And that may help cover up any deficiencies we had expected in the secondary. So, I mean, ultimately that could be massive. Yeah, I think we're getting to the point, at least I am getting to the point where defensive line, defensive front, edge front, good. There's yep. some bodies there. Solid. Still a work in play at linebacker with the the Bentleys, the Mac Wilsons. We'll see where that Raekwon McMillan, Cam McGrone group goes. We know the safety group has talent. I'm still interested to see how that comes together. We've mm-hmm. seen a lot of actually like Kyle Duggar, deep part of the field, I'm interested to see how he fares there. I don't think he's great in coverage. But again, this is training camp. You're trying things. We'll see where that goes. Devin McCourty is obviously your usual deep. I think Adrian Phillips, one of the more underrated players. The Peppers thing. I'm intrigued by all of that. And Jalen Mills has just had a good camp to lock down one of those cornerback spots. Now today, because we continue to make note of who's next to Jalen Mills, opposite him at the other outside corner spot was Jonathan Jones. And in the slot was Miles Bryant for almost all the reps I saw all day long. Now, I will say one caveat, another day without Malcolm Butler on the practice field. um, And Joan Williams looks like he may be lost to IR. So there's some um, bodies not in the mix there that I don't know that I ever really considered in the mix. Yeah, I mean, you're kind of looking at your D-back group shaping up, right? We talked about this in the last podcast that there's going to be a couple odd men out. Those odd men out might just be the guys that aren't there. Like Joe right. Williams is done for the year. So he's kind of uh, off the plane anyways. And then, I mean, Malcolm Butler may just end up being the odd man out here. If, especially if miles Bryan is contributing at both special teams and slot corner. And then on top of that, you have both young rookie Joneses and Jonathan Jones and Jalen Mills. Uh, you may just run out of space. Right, and and we know the depth that safety comes into play there when yeah, you talk about exactly. coverage ability, Peppers, coverage ability, McCordy, like how you choose to 
divvy up those numbers in the back end, whatever you want to call it, the back six or seven on any given play, you know, small nickel, big nickel, different types of groupings, big dime, small dime, which by the way, I've heard terms like that thrown around. Like there's a position group that was called small dime. And Mm -hmm. I think Marcus Jones, for example, is involved in that. So, and he was a guy that I did think interesting today, not a ton of reps with the, the top group there. So, he kind of popped early when Jonathan Jones was not on the practice field in the slot. Now he's not quite as active. Be so you mentioned to... Jack Jones was opposite Jalen Mills. How did he look today? No, Jonathan Jones was opposite Jalen. Oh, Mills. Jonathan Jones. Was Jonathan Jalen Jones. Mills. Yes, your okay, veteran sorry. slot looks like he is being uh, groomed to no longer be a slot corner and to be an outside corner, at least based on the last couple of days um, of action. Jack Jones in the mix with the next group. Sean Wade continues to be. I think Sean Wade is like a tease. Like he makes some plays, just not as many as you'd like, and he gets toasted occasionally. So he really, I will say, he struggles at times in one-on-ones mm-hmm. where it's like he's chasing by five yards, seven mm-hmm. yards. So, but that's not real. So I don't, if he's better in team, seven-on-seven seven in team, that's where I'd like you to be better. I'd yeah. like, I definitely don't want the guy who dominates one-on-ones and then can't take it to the game field or the competitive field, you know, the mix of the defense. But Sean Wade's an interesting guy to just, I think every rep matters with him in terms of what you think he can be in the future. Because right now, I don't think he's good enough. Yeah. But the question is, does he have the potential uh, to be better down the road? But there is nothing, there is almost nothing negative, in my opinion, that can be said about the Patriots defense from this joint practice action. That's like, awesome. Like, I, I just like I and would that's re- good to hear for, for a thing with I mean, we assumed that the front would be good, but we had so many questions everywhere else. And to see that they're dominating and really kicking ass and making an impact is a positive sign in week two of the preseason. And we all know, and I say this about like Barmore individually, for example, but also the unit like they like they faced their own challenges coming off the end of last year the mm-hmm. way they played against the bills and the question run like, over by yeah, the colts paper champions fake deep oh you you put up some numbers against certain people and maybe this is still it maybe the patriots offense isn't good and yeah. i said i don't think the panthers have a very good quarterback they may not be a very good offense even though i think they have some individual talent spread around that offense. Well, I heard McCaffrey had a couple nice runs today when he did touch the football. He did, but those were few and far between. There was like two of those maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I the, the Patriots dominated. They just dominated the that. line of scrimmage. They dominated the front. They started to have swagger. There was one pass rush from Wise. Again, similar to the Mac Jones thing, like he doesn't hit the quarterback, but it would have been an obvious sack yeah. in the game. And he turns and he's like almost like strutting like Ric Flair or somebody back to the line of scrimmage. Like they were celebrating Mills and Judon. There was a lot of energy there celebrating. They had some some real swagger, I thought, today. And I do wonder if there's a little bit, um, not that they really care, but they're aware that everybody has spent three weeks ripping the offense and saying the offense sucks. And maybe they're like, you know, um, just a question in the back. Maybe we're actually doing something on defense in these practices. <laughs> that's good. Take into account. That's yeah. good. That's going to help us as a team when we're actually fighting together for yeah. one common goal moving forward. So I'm I'm a little just one day, and I'm reactionary. But see, the funny thing is, fans only re- point out the reactions when I'm negative. When I'm positive, they like they ignore it. But like yep. this was a really good step for them defensively. Okay. Yeah, I, I, I think this is good, and, and I'm excited to see what kind of happens in the preseason game. And, and I am too. And and 
you know, defense is one thing, but we've also been talking about the offense. So mm-hmm. I want to shift there. After they got punked, I thought, in some of that seven on seven early and kind of got pushed around and maybe a feeling out process, I thought the offense had one of its better days of the summer too against, again, a defense with some talent with Jeremy yeah. Chin and Brian Burns and some of these guys on the other side of the ball. J.C. Horn, their corner, returned. I think he – Was he a full he, participant today? He was a – I think – I think rule, I listened to Matt rule post practice. I think he said he was limited to like 25 snaps, but he was out there. He was like in the mix. They used a lot of different defensive backs to throw at the Patriots at various times. Um, I thought the Patriots showed steps forward offensively. I thought Mac looked pretty good. I'm not going to say there weren't some of those plays where the pass rush got in there and Mac had to pull it down and either like kind of bounce around or scramble, run the ball. There were some of those not as frequent. There were, you know, there there were more plays where he dropped back and he hit an out. He dropped back and he hit a slant. So what I saw on Twitter, and this is again Twitter reports, but take it with a grain of Twitter salt. Yeah, always. There were a lot of checkdowns. Did you notice a lot of checkdowns, or Uh, were it was it more just like the quick passing? I thought it was a little more quick passing. I thought through the first couple weeks, I thought the only passes they basically completed were checkdowns to the running backs. Now we've added some. Jonu Smith dragging across the field, a quick slant, a quick out to Nelson Aguilar, I think one of them was, just baby steps. Like, I'm almost excited about that because they couldn't even do that for a while. And now it's like, drop back, hit an out. I don't care that it's just an out and it's just four yards or six yards. I'll take it. There's like... It's a high percentage play that gets you a couple yards. Positive yards is good. Not only are positive yards good, Ball thrown, ball caught, moved forward yes, is good. True. Like the mentality of we executed a play. We yeah. actually, that's where I get back to when it looked like a crappy high school offense that couldn't even execute that. And then you mix in some in cuts. You know, I'll give you an example. There was an in cut to uh, Tyquan Thornton today where he caught it. And I said to Giardi, as he caught it, he looked like he kind of just expected, okay, catch it and I'll take the 12 yard gain. I'm going to get hit. And I said, I believe the next step in his development is catch that aggressively in stride thinking, no, they're not going to hit me because I'm going to be gone by 20. Yeah. Like I'm taking it up field and yeah, I'm gone. And so I I think that's the next step because I thought he was up and down today. Wasn't one of Tyquan Thornton's better practices. He was, he was fine, made some plays. I thought there were opportunities where he didn't make plays. Um, One of the big talking points after practice with Devontae Parker, because um, it happened again. Dude just catches, and he wants them no longer termed 50-50 balls. He wants them referred to as 80-20 balls when they're thrown his way because he believes it's 80% chance he catches it. So, okay, so this is uh, a question that I wanted to ask you because, again, I I saw Kyrie talk about, um, like, the first ball that Mac threw was to Devontae Parker, and it probably should have been intercepted. Was that a one of those 50-50 balls? Because if that's the case – I don't necessarily love the idea of, ooh, let's throw a bunch of 50-50 balls. I If it's the one I'm thinking about, that one should have been intercepted, but it wasn't a 50-50 ball. Okay. It, that, that was closer to the line of scrimmage, I believe, and probably mm. should have been intercepted. Went, there was a corner sitting there in the flat. I don't know if they were in zone or whatever. Yeah. That kind of went through his hands. Gotcha. Um, these are more sort of go routes, like, you know, 20 he, yards downfield. Is he where, dominating these corners in the air? In the air. And that's the thing. I've come to accept old friend Paul Perillo 
from Patriots.com, friend of the uh, the podcast on occasion yes. here at Six Rings and Football Things. He would often say, like, yeah, he wins contested catches because he's always covered. He's it's always contested. He, he can't never get creeps. separation. Which there's some truth to. You know, yeah, like I get Aaron that. Dobson when you come into the league. Oh, he wins 50-50 balls or Nikhil Harry. Yeah, but but at the same time, good. like DeAndre Hopkins wins a ton of 50-50 balls, right. but he's also really good. Anquan Bolden, I didn't think, yeah. was a separation-type uh, receiver. Okay. I thought Anquan Bolden, over the second half of his career, was covered. And you know what he'd yeah. do? Catch the ball. Because yep. he's better than you. He has better hands. He knows how to use his body. And I think I'm starting to just feel like Devontae Parker, especially for a quarterback who I think can, can throw the ball relatively accurately to a spot he wants it to be in those situations to give his guy a chance to catch it, they look like they're building a little bit of a rapport in those situations. And there's no doubt that Parker has confidence in that. And again, I think that's another kind of play that can be a little bit um, – is moralizing a thing? So demoralizing for the defense and moralizing yeah. for the offense, I'll Uplifting say. Uplifting is the word you're looking Uplifting, for. Uplifting, but I've never understood the English language. If demoralizing is bad, then moralizing yeah. should be good. But anyway, it's good no, for the offense. moralizing is uh, coming to terms with morals. That moral means something different. I know, but the two words should be – you should be able to to figure out the way they're used. That's why the English language is re, re, tough to tough to learn sometimes. Yeah, why do we spell drawer, drawer? Uh, we, hi, it's February. Yeah, it's February. Exactly. <laughs> we can go down the Wednesday. <laughs> um, but I, I think there can be value in that play of it. That's almost I said it earlier, they got punked a little at times on on offense by their defense. I think Devontae Parker just going up a, between a corner and a safety and coming down with the ball is punking that defense. And I think there can be additional value to that almost beyond the yards and that yeah. sort of boost. I guess the bigger thing for Devontae Parker is just health, right? Like, I think that was our biggest question in the offseason. We know he's got talent. We've seen him do it before in the full season that he's played. I think it's just ultimately, can he stay on the field? And that's a question that we'll just have to wait and see and and needs to be answered. But I'm glad to see that he's playing well, at least in, in training camp. And he says he's stretching a lot, so that's good, which I found interesting. I heard McCaffrey's doing the same thing. He's focused more on stretching and not as much working out. Right. And the funny part I found with Parker, they're like, you know, did you do like Pilates or anything like official yoga? And he's like, nah, I just like stretch my hamstring before I go to bed at night or something. And they were like, TB12 method. Yeah. And did anybody tell you to do that? Nah, nah. I just figured I'd try it. I'd try to stretch a little bit. And I was like, this is the first time you ever thought in your life to maybe stretch a little bit. Um, But no, a, a good day offensively. I will say, I didn't think the run game looked great. Um, This whole, uh, another day with no Isaiah win. So you had uh, Yadni Kajust at right tackle mm-hmm. again. Um, I don't, I don't, the, the run game is a work in progress. These zone runs, I haven't Which seen a lot Which is weird. Of this team was so good at running the football last year. And then to think that that has been, and I feel like it's been pretty consistently the worst part of the offense all throughout training camp. Yeah. And, and some of it is certainly the offensive line. Not yeah, of course. Goal. It's There's not always on the running backs, the, the zone blocking and, and they're learning on that. Like they're there. That's a work in progress. Um, they definitely were using not only outside inside zones today, but then the boots off of it. We had the traditional, like show the ball, max throw and boot passes coming out of it. So, you know, those people that thought maybe they're going to scrap that or that they're not actually doing that. Like that was on full display. I thought some of the changes they want to make to the offensive scheme against the Panthers today and with a little bit more success with a little bit more positive. Um, I will say just a, a note in terms of they, it was a long practice, a lot of reps. 
which always makes me wonder because in the past, sometimes when the ones get a long practice with a lot of reps, it means actually less reps in the preseason game. Bailey Zappi, I'm not even sure he he stepped on the field today in like any significant reps or like yep. team or anything like that. A lot of Brian Hoyer made me wonder if we might see a lot of Bailey Zappi again on Friday night in the game, but yep. we can figure that out over the next couple days. Um, overall, I would just say simply, not only was it the best practice of the summer, I thought on both sides of the ball for Mac, for the defense showing up, but it also showed how lacking in intensity and execution they have been at various times this summer. Uh, mm -hmm. on both sides of the ball like this was a real old school physical hard-hitting intense competitive practice and if you believe you know Trent Brown said it yesterday it's our first test they passed their first test in my opinion well there you go good start yeah I uh I, I just again I don't know how good the pan or bad the Panthers are and and yep. actually I I tend to trend toward bad. I don't think they're a very good team. They weren't great last year. Right. And I, you know, they don't have a quarterback. They don't know who no. their quarterback is today. Like you always say, Andy, you have two, you don't have one. Exactly. And they were both wild. Like Baker Mayfield makes some throws that are just head scratchers. They make no head sense. That's scratchers. why I never really kind of got why people like him so much. Well, I can tell you why. Cause there's times when he drops back like a five-step drop plants the back foot, a guy makes a break. He fires a laser like right at him and you're like oh that looks good but yeah but it's like just enough. that scenario every other scenario doesn't look fun a hundred percent i i he's he's not very good he's no. he he's the kind of guy that gets you in trouble he costs people like gms people careers and and yep. like jobs and money it's the and, reason why kevin stefanski wanted to run the football so much yes yeah yeah because when baker throws it there's a good chance he's throwing it to the other team half the time or at least nowhere near your team <sighs> yeah not great um, so yeah, those are trying to think of some other, oh, Hunter Henry. Um, okay. I'm going to be honest here. Like, I think some people pretend they see everything at practice. I don't, there were two fields with two teams with like four units. I was a little overwhelmed at various yeah, times. Sounds about right. And at some point in practice, when the ones were on the field and Matt Sokol went out and caught a pass, I was like, the fudge is going on around here. <laughs> and I was like, Anybody seen Hunter Henry and uh, Hunter Henry disappeared. I don't know when he stopped practicing, huh. but it was relatively early on. Hunter Henry stopped practicing. So um, you were down some offensive weapons with Bourne, Henry, mm -hmm. Christian Wilkerson, whatever you think of him being removed from practice. Um, so that's just a name or something to bear bears watching over the next few days. Hunter Henry, because I do think Hunter Henry is a critical um, like piece. foundational piece, not we've talked about it not playmaker foundation no no no, no. But like solid need him on the field yeah you need him on the field because you know exactly what you're going to get out of him y you He's need those to three to four catches and a touchdown every two weeks or whatever yep a hundred percent so that bears watching and again that goes with isaiah win that goes with malcolm butler uh and some of the other guys that have missed some practice time but you balance those out with a guy like jabril peppers taking more and more reps so you know, something leaves, something comes in, boom, it's a balance, a yin and a yang, so to speak. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. <laughs> Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. 
spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details.